Hey, uh, Brian from the Tone Jerks podcast here. We're back, uh, you know, after after a little hiatus with uh, these uh, quarantine bonus episodes. I liked them so much. You know, we did them for about maybe a two month uh, period there. It had different guests. It's just uh, me with a guest and not so much an interview as it is like just chatting instead of with Kyle. I'm chatting with a guest. And uh, today I have Mr. Andrew Walsh. Hello. <laughs> Andrew's Alcove, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining me. I kind of just hit you up like last week, and hey, you want to do one of these? <laughs> and I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, no, just like yeah. yeah, we'll just shoot the shit and have what you know, have a chat. I think uh, we haven't had you on since I guess like last year. I think around. Yeah, I think uh, it was September. Yeah, it was. I it was actually. Uh, I think it was October because I just looked at Google and that's the last time we we chatted. Was yeah, and I was like, dang, that really flew by. <laughs> I mean, with, with, with everything obviously going on and people are like, oh my God, 2020 is the worst year ever. Uh, you know, Kyle's joke is like, yeah, you know, it's not, it's like, I can't wait till next year. I'm like, it's not going to end then. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like time, like, time New is Year's like, Eve, COVID's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20, it's clean slate. It's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. We're not going back to what we had last October. That's not going to be the same ever again. So not we yeah. roll with it. Yeah, that's one thing I was like, not to like bum everybody out, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, uh, last October is the last time we talked. So I remember we were like talking about like pre-Halloween stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, your costumes and stuff like that. But yeah, and that's when I auditioned from a band that night actually. So, oh yeah, awesome. Lots Wait. changed since then. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah. How, how have you been? How's, uh, what's new? What's, uh, what's, what's shaking? <laughs> well, I got, uh. A new pedal last week for my birthday. I got the plumes, which I really, really, really enjoyed more than I thought I would. It's but just a great pedal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just does pretty well everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for as far as like the tube screamer category, overdrive category, it has a huge range. Yeah. But then a couple of days later, my fat guy little coat pedal came in. So, oh, from uh, Mister uh, Doug Christ over there from Thirty Seven FX. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> And that's a great fuzz pedal too. It just has a full range of usable fuzz, which is never the thing I find when I use fuzz mm-hmm. is it either you find a sweet spot and that's it. But this seems to be, I can find many sweet spots on it. So yeah, it's, it, it's just the one knob. It's super easy. I like it. Cause it will also get crazy on it too. If you just turn it all the way up, it has like a difference in the, like it has an attack to it that is like not like so like woolly i guess i, I yeah you know, the, i'm th- buzzwords city here <laughs> but no i, I, I heard the it. name of it when he said fat guy low coat i just picture the jacket ripping on chris farley and that's kind of like the ripping sound of the fuzz oh yeah <laughs> i don't <laughs> know if that was his intention ask, but... take it off dickhead i'm serious richard why <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah it's a great name too <laughs> yeah perfect but um, yeah, I mean, the plumes, I think that's been, uh, Kyle got that a while ago. I think kind of when they announced it and it's like, he, I'm like, why'd you buy that? He's like, I don't know. Why not? And I'm like, and ever since then, I'm like, this is a great buy. <laughs> yeah. For the price. Well, for here, it must be about 99 for you guys. Is it? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, it was 135 for me. Mm-hmm. So that pretty well meets the exchange rate right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you get a lot of pedal for 135 bucks. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize I had the momentary switching on it. So you just which you usually don't find on an overdrive like that, uh, that I've seen anyway, mm-hmm. but it, it's not even as I've seen like the momentary switches, but there's a toggle. This one here, you just hold down. It's momentary. If you tap it, it's, it's a, I guess I've never switch. even tried that. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I went to, I was playing with it in the car because you yeah. know, just pressing buttons on the way home. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't clicking. I was like, it's an awful soft silent switch. I thought it was odd, so I looked in the book, and then it said that it was a. Uh, if you tap it, it turns on. If you hold it, it's momentary. So damn, I didn't know that. That's yeah. really and sick. I, I had no idea. Right? All I, the research I did on it, no one mentioned it. So yeah, I guess I, I yeah. am just now knowing that that's really cool. You, that's yeah, could, so could totally be like a boost that you have. You just use it for momentary. Damn. Yeah. It's used for solos or not yeah. that I really rip a lot of solos, but <laughs> my, my one pentatonic lick, I know just throw that yeah, exactly. with yeah. a delay, baby. Up and down the scale. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and you give it a boost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. I didn't know that. It's not, the, the, the pedal like keeps, uh, you know, you know, bringing it on home. It was, yeah, it was just one that Kyle, Bought and I think I was kind of like, why the fuck do they make a tube screamer? They already have the Palisades and the Dunes. What the fuck? And I was just like bitching and like everybody's like, Earthquakers coming out with another tube screamer. They already have two. and everybody's like, blah, blah, blah. and everybody's like, this is great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's exactly what like, I didn't get to play in the band setting with it yet. I've mm-hmm. we it's it's hot here this week. It's I think they had 106 the other day. The Humidex was 106 the other day up here. Damn. Fahrenheit. So. That's pretty warm for us, and it's and it's wet heat. It's just sticky, gross. So we didn't. We're not jamming this week at all. Yeah, I, I was. So, uh, I was going to ask you guys, like, still practicing and stuff like that, even without the whole. Yeah, because we uh, no shows on the horizon. We didn't for a couple months because we weren't allowed. Our rules here: you could be in groups of five max, but it had to be for a reason. It wasn't just go hang out with your friends, five people. So you had to pretty well just stay in your house. And if you left your house, you're six feet away from people. Yeah. Um, so we, we weren't really allowed having band practice, but then as soon as similar, we were allowed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I'd be in bigger groups, you could be up to 10 groups, um, 10 people in a group. Mm-hmm. So we were like, yeah, like day two of that, we were like, we got a jam. We didn't even care if we had a show. We just want to play. <laughs> right. So yeah, we started, we started jamming together. My, uh, drummer bought a, uh, new house with a nice big garage. And oh yeah. Yeah. So you posted that. That's all kinds of room. But then my, uh, the other guitar player bought a orange crush one twenty. Yeah. Those are awesome. With the, with the two by twelves. Mm-hmm. So I have my boss Katana 51 by 12. Yeah. <laughs> so I got playing with the settings of that and, uh, found a way to match him with my Katana. So I can kind of not get drowned out by his, kick-ass amp yeah so. <laughs> no, that, that's sick yeah i mean i um it, it's just super easy to not play at this time because the yeah. excuse is like there's no shows so why do anything i'm like it's still fun to practice actually oh i just enjoy playing it's, it's either play with the band or play along to a record in my basement so i'd rather play with the guys right so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and with my job i need that kind of that release for sure yeah well, for that one, two hours, I forget about everything outside of that garage. So it's, it's fun to, and we can call ourselves a garage band now. I want that since 93, I think I've been looking forward to calling myself a garage band. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> so. we're, we're going back to the garage, uh, uh-huh. after, I, I mean, today we, I moved out all my shit and Kyle's going tonight to pick up his stuff. And then we're, you know, we're moving out of our studio because the idea is to move into some, another place. But in the meantime, we don't want to be paying like rent on this place and then find a new place and have that overlap of like, Hey, double rent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> double rent, no shows. Oh, um, no, you're paying, you're paying for stuff that you're not, you like gym memberships or gym memberships getting reinstated next week. And mm. I'm like, well, I'm not paying for a gym membership. You got to make an appointment to go. And it's just, yeah, you're spending money on stuff you're not using. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Get it out of there. <laughs> it, 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 we should, we probably should have done it months ago, but it's like, we paid probably three months without even practicing. Yeah. That was, that was, we thought it, when you think about it, it's like, man, that sucks. Our, our, it was $80 a piece. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but back in February, March, we're told we're shutting down for two weeks. And you think, okay, I can do this for two yeah, weeks. Yeah. I kept then, doing like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And then yeah, it's it just, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And, and then it just got to be like, oh, oh, we're not playing. And then once they kind of like lightened up a little bit, I'm like, oh, we, let's practice. Let's get back to it. And then we were even thinking, like, even if we don't have a show, that we should be playing because this is fun. And we're writing yeah. and it's just like, yeah, it's like we do enjoy playing in the band. It's not like just like, oh, this is fucking. That's <laughs> what I found out. We have the kind of spark to write. And me and the singer have been talking. Our other guitar player is really busy right now with his life. So he doesn't have time to kind of just do that. But we're actually inspired to sit down and write stuff now so yeah how uh because you guys were kind of doing like a little bit of mixture of like covers and originals right it's it's covers that we play now um we're and we were talking about writing our own and then we just didn't really get around to it because there was a show Mm -hmm. every three weeks but now there's not so we can kind of uh sit down and hash out a few songs and we're talking about putting ep together at least you know four or five songs and Record yeah, no, something. No. So, Hell yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, are you? Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't I mean how to ask this, but I'm like, some people don't. Are Are you a songwriter? Do you do that a lot instead of just like not just like noodling, but you're like, oh, I'm writing the whole song, lyrics, and all that stuff, arranging it. I can't do lyrics. I just can't. I, I if I think of the way I do lyrics, I'm more of a weird owl. If, I, if something's on the radio, I can, I can, I can talk about farts and dicks the whole time yeah. and sing a, sing a song about it along to the melody the entire time. No problem. But if you want me to write an actual song that people actually want to listen to that's not about farts and dicks, then I can't do it. It just doesn't come out. So. But as far as writing parts, I, you know, I, I sit down and I find every time I pick up a different guitar, a different song comes out of it. And, uh, so even when I'm doing repairs and stuff, someone drops a guitar off and I plug it in to see what's crackly and what pots are good and everything. And I usually come up with a riff every time I play someone else's guitar. So I just throw a record on and I set it aside for later. So I come up with the riffs and some melodies and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're going to start piecing some of those together, hopefully, and get something together. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And then yeah. uh, your other band member, he's, is he like, you know, he, he's the one who the lyrics. Okay. Come up with the lyrics. And yeah. He'll be, uh, yeah. He's a, uh, He's artsy that way. So is he the singer or is he the, he's a singer. Yeah. Okay. And he plays guitar as well, but he's more of a, he just started playing guitar a couple of years ago. So when I joined the band, it was to kind of take some of the weight off of him from playing guitar. Mm-hmm. So really there's three of us up playing guitar and then some songs, he sets it down. Some songs he picks it up and there's a, a couple of songs where we have three guitar parts and the yeah. other ones, he's just playing along with either me or the other guy. So just kind of thicken it up a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I mean. When they brought me in, they wanted a wall of sound, some more inspiration to kind of do their own thing. And then, uh, yeah, he can set his guitar down once in a while, not worry about playing and he can just focus on the vocals. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know if I could do just vocals. Like that would be really weird. Cause I don't think I'm good, a uh, good enough singer just to be only a singer. I think I'm kind of like good enough to be like, oh, well, he's guitar and singer. He's good. Like Kyle yeah. is a good singer and he could be. Uh, just a singer himself, but he's like, I don't think he, well, he's like, I'm not really a front man kind of guy. You'd have to be like up there swinging the mic around and kind of jumping and dancing. He's like, ah, the leather pants and the mess shirt. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, he, yeah, did that when we first started the band. 
and because he was like a good singer, kind of the only one that could sing. Yeah. And then he's like ended up losing band members. I'm like, oh, I want to play an instrument too. So <laughs> it, to me, I'm like, I don't know if like just doing only singing it would be a little weird. But I don't know. We're, we're um. I- I can sing. I can sing back up to Ruby Soho, and that's what all I can do. So, <laughs> what kind of covers do you guys do? Like, are you are you pre- predominantly punk? I'm assuming, or is it just like yeah, like, like just a, stuff we grew up on, right? So we do uh, Offspring, some Green Day, some Blink. Yeah, um, all all my jams. Yeah, yeah, we got some Nirvana in there. We just we just threw bomb track in there by rage just because we know some people locally would just lose their shit if they heard someone play that live. Cause people play killing in the name all the time Yeah, as a rage cover, but no one does bomb tracks. We threw that in just to kind of see how people react to that. So yeah. How we'll do you get, know next month how that works out? <laughs> how do you guys like pick your set? Is it just like kind of, I mean, I don't know. Like you, you were saying it's songs that you like, but I'm like, are you trying to like, like that range, like that rage song? Are you trying to like figure out like, what's going to be a fucking banger? that people are going to be into. Cause if you yeah, have like we, predominantly we, covers, it'd be like, Oh, I'm going to find some that people can like kind of groove to instead of like originals. You're like, hope they like it. Shrug. That's the thing with originals too. Like, especially in a smaller area, people don't want to hear our originals. You know what I mean? Like, so we, we want to get some together, get an EP out and get people listening. And even if they don't listen, I just want to put something together. Well, even but, in uh, a bigger area like San Diego, people don't want to hear your originals. <laughs> yeah. And I, I always say that I'm like, why don't they want to hear originals? And then now I go see someone play and they're like, here's one I wrote. I'm like, Oh Jesus. Like, and it's, I feel bad, but I, you, if you don't know the music, then you don't really want to, you don't enjoy it as much of you. It's your first time hearing it and you're out at a bar, right? It, so. It's it's there. It's totally different scenarios though. If you're going to go see bands, you know? Yeah. Um, like I think, like, I mean, there's local bands that I do like that aren't, I mean that, yes, they're friends, but there are some that I, I don't know them personally, but they're yeah. local and I like that band. So I go listen to them and Spotify and shit like that. And so I go to the show and see opening bands and then you can kind of like get a, a feel for it. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they're just shit. And so you're like, but you can kind of get a feel like, oh, this band's cool, even if you don't know the song, you know? Yeah, exactly. So we're thinking if we get five songs together, get an EP together, we'll throw like two songs in our set and just kind of see how it works when we play live. Mm-hmm. And you and might be, I mean, you, I mean, playing originals too, and you can do covers, so you can get different types of gigs. Of yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm we're playing with a bunch of like cover punk bands and stuff like that. And then you yeah. can also be like, oh, we're playing with original punk bands. So you can, I don't know, it kind of just broadens your whole. Yeah, we're kind of getting known now locally as the the '90s punk cover band, right? So people are knowing that's what we're they're getting from us. Hell yeah! So th- there was a show that was supposed to be like it was the first one of the first things that got canceled officially mm-hmm. back in February March. Yeah, and that was a '90s night, and they asked us right away to headline this show, right? So that's kind of what people are getting to know us for. So. And then as far as our set list goes, we start off big and then we play a couple songs that we we loved growing up and then we bring it back. Like we throw a bomb track in there and then we do a cover of Goodbye Earl, the Dixie Chicks song. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a big country group here, especially in the bar scene. It's a lot of country fans. So we kind of throw stuff in there and we do the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's did a cover of it. So we kind of do their, their, punk, their, their style their cover yeah. of it and kind of do our own thing with it too. But yeah, so... We try to get people going, try to end it off big, start it off big, and then put a couple more in the middle to keep attention. And then everything else is just songs we just have fun playing. So, yeah. Um, how many band members are in your band? It's a There's dinosaur Neil, right? It is, yeah. 
and, and there's then, five uh, of us right now. So uh, here's like maybe the first topic I have. It's I I, I sent uh, you just a hodgepodge of just notes. I'm like, yeah, these are things we can <laughs> riff on. Okay, so this was something I saw. I think I saw like IG video or whatever. IGTV. Somebody posted like I don't know. There's like a local um, company or whatever channel like in San Diego with the beach area that where they do like live bands in their garage or whatever. But it's pretty cool. They that sounds good or whatever. But I'm, I follow it and I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to get playing in there. I'm like, yeah, we're not really their scene. They're more like reggae kind of. I follow it anyways, and I scrolled through and there was like this band of so many band members shoved into the, it's a garage. That's their, like, it's like garage sessions type of, but that's like their thing. And, uh, what was it? They had drums, two percussionists, not just one percussionist. With, On top of the drums? Yes. Separate. Okay. So, so we're at three <laughs> members already. They had two saxophones. They had a bass player a guitar player, and then a vocalist. That's a lot of fucking people. That is a lot of people. <laughs> so I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's just dead space. Like you're dead weight, you know? <laughs> like yeah, not, to, not, not to like think of like a, a better way to say it, but I'm just like, I watch that and I'm like, I'm like claustrophobic for them. I'm like, imagine being on stage. You're not always going to be playing the biggest shows. You might be no, like, oh, cool, no. we're able to spread out now. We're kind of filling the stage. That's cool to see that. But you're like, oh, cool, the next one you're playing the bar on the corner. The drums can maybe fit on the stage. Even with the, the five of us, it's kind of hard to get your your breathing room mm-hmm. on stage in most of the spots here. There's a couple of spots that are a little bigger, but five, I say, is definitely the max you could put on a stage in yeah. most of the bars. <laughs> so now, my, fir- my first show live mm-hmm. in my adult life was the one with Green Jello, and that had... Jesus, we had <laughs> the drummer, three bass players. I think there's five of us playing guitar. And then he would, he was like standing in his underwear in a chair, screaming at the crowd. And then he invited a bunch of people on stage with his puppet mask on. And at one point there was about 30 people on that stage. And, and it, like, that's like more of like an event was, kind was, of thing. The reason was to get as many on stage as you can. That was kind of his gimmick, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, w- I was, um, yeah, I mean, the question kind of is, or like, what do you think is like too many? Like what's necessary and kind of like in a band could be like, well, we're all important here. I'm like, okay, fucking, I get that. But I'm like two saxophones and two percussionists. I understand saxophones. They're like bigger and smaller. So they hit different notes. Um, but two percussionists. What? Why? Yeah. Why? What are they? What are they percussing? Like, like <laughs> on top of the drum. I'm like, yeah. And then I mean, kind of at, at the point I'm like, well, this is what we do in the studio. I'm like, then leave it in the studio. Like you're going to bring yeah. that live. <laughs> Like that's another human being plus more equipment. I always just think of like strip it back to the bare minimum. And that's just my mentality. And but, the sound doesn't always translate well from studio recording to what you do live, right? So Yeah. And that's then, a lot of percussion. <laughs> so. And then um but your your band is five and you were saying that's kinda like maybe that's the max, I guess. Yeah, we we all find our spot in each song and some of the songs we there's a couple of songs when I came in, I was like, well, he's playing this part and he's playing that part. And then I didn't just want to double over what they were playing. So I found my way to fit in a couple of the songs, but yeah. most of the songs just work. Um, a couple, like if we do, we do breed by Nirvana. Yeah. So for that, there's only really one part. Yeah. And then, but I find the extra guitars, the singer sets the guitar down for that. So the two guitars just really beefs it up, which mm-hmm. that nineties grunge, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
the extra guitar really helps beef up the song anyway. So mm-hmm. in that situation, but yeah, I don't think you'd, we couldn't do four guitars. <laughs> you'd have nowhere, you'd have nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, just, yeah. I think of like uh green day, they would do um, when they were doing like what American idiot and 21st century and sh- shit like that, they had um, another guitar player with them. So a guy who's been like guitar tech and kind of helping them out since warning, but he kind of, um, joined them as like the American idiot, like second guitarist. And now he's kind of pretty much just in the band. Uh, yeah, I think they actually, the last album, I actually credited him as a guitar player for the band now. So. Yeah. Jason white. And, yeah. um, but he would come on for the American idiot stuff. And they were kind of saying, it's kind of cool to have like those songs be like a four piece band or even sometimes adding on the keyboard player as well. Yeah. And then on top of that, like they'll have, um, I think it's Jeff Matika, like the sixth, you know, band member play guitar while Billy Joe just sings so he can do front man shit, you know? Yeah. And then, um, so they're at, at most a six person band. <laughs> and, yeah. the, and so this band in a garage is like, and to me, I'm like, that kind of covers everything. Like you have drums, two guitars, piano, you know, um, bass and vocals. And then people, everybody can sing backups too. And to me, I'm yeah. like, some band members, I'm like, oh yeah, if, if people sing backups, that just adds so much more to the band. It does. And that's what we're working on now. I was talking to singer about kind of beefing up his vocals by adding a couple more mics to the stage to back them up on certain parts and help that out. So yeah, if you, if you guys added your own, you know, vocals to it, that could be something just to back them up or whatever, even yeah. like, uh, you know, some people don't like want to do leads, but just singing backups, ooze and oz like really make a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you get some of the bands where they just have a dedicated screamer. I'm like, well, if that's all you could do, then that's cool to do at certain times. Not all the time. <laughs> Unless like the that's the, the genre. The guy with Kid Rock, the, uh, what was his name? Wee Man. Was it Wee Man? Uh, that's, Kid Rock? that's Jackass. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's Jackass. I, I know enough about Kid Rock just to be like, yep, that was a thing. <laughs> There was a little person with him as well. Mm-hmm. I guess me calling Wee Man might be. Well, yeah, you know, Wee Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. Wee Man, he's jackass. That was uh, what he. Yeah. I think he still goes by Wee Man. Um, I honestly don't even know his real name. <laughs> no. No. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know. It, like, I think I've played in ju- like in just in case we were kind of like adding um a second guitarist like kind of before this whole thing went down. I think I don't know what happened to that guy. I think he moved. Um, but. Um, that's, that's fine. But a, uh, we had a, like their record release show like years ago for just in case. And they had a friend, the guy who produced the record was like the lead second, you know, second guitar. Cause I guess they always kind of started out when they were in Jersey and when they were playing, they were a four piece band and then they moved out here and they kind of just kept it stripped down to a three piece where Brian sang, uh, Adam, the guitar player sang, and then they had a bass player kind of rotating. And then I joined the band and then they were like always kind of wanting to get back to that fourth band member, the second guitarist. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, it really adds so much. And it, it, is, it does. But to me, I'm like just the adding of like, Oh, when can you practice? When can you do that? I'm like, that's not worth it. <laughs> that's the hard thing. And I'm kind of the, uh, one in our situation. I was, I'm the newest guy in the band, mm-hmm. but I also work shift work. The other guys work mostly days no one else works night shifts per se. And I'm the only one that does night shifts. So yeah, I'm the one's like, well, I can't practice that at night. And I'm like, every time I like, I feel like an idiot cause I'm the newest guy. I'm kind of dictating when we can and cannot practice. Right. So yeah. 
But, but I'll say, if, I, th- I think four is kind of the magic number there. I'd like to do a three-piece thing. Yeah. But then there's times that I would really miss that other guitar just to kind of play. We, we do a Pixie song. We do Where Is My Mind, the Pixies. Mm-hmm. And just, you can't do it without two guitars at least. And then I throw in some of the, uh, the ooh stuff that's vocals in there. I throw that in on the guitar and play along with that to mm-hmm. add. And that's what people notice now is like the song has that much more depth to it. Yeah. That we like the three guitar pieces for that particular song. Definitely. Yeah. Brings uh, out some of the songs. That totally does. And you know, I've never really wanted another guitar player for playing. And they, that's where I'm coming from at this. I'm like, no, three people. That's like, we keep toying with the idea of adding another mic for Brian, the drummer, because he is, he's actually a great singer and he can play drums and sing. Um, but we're, I think we're just kind of like, he kind of like he's like yeah I can do it but it's like I I think he kind of likes just the role of the drummer in playing on a pilot where he, yeah. he he can be like the singer in his own band just in case and stuff whereas like when I play just in case I don't ever have a mic I'm like I don't want to sing I just want to play bass <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just want to play bass and shut the fuck up so I think he has the same mentality but I mean three people is like to me I'm like that's the magic number. <laughs> I know that's like yeah. not everybody can do that or wants to do that. Um, I just look at, I'm like, okay, cool. We have three schedules to line up. That's it. And then I know that's not like you shouldn't, you know, think of your creativity and your band by like schedules. I'm like, it's life, baby. This is where we are. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. We're, we're not hitting the big time with this is you have to schedule around your life. Right. So. Yeah. And I've, I've, I think I've always played with, I've never played guitar um, with another person, I guess, except for Kyle, when playing without a pilot was a four piece when we were kids, like when it was just starting out, I was a, that's when I played was with Kyle, he was rhythm yeah. and I was lead. Um, and I just, yeah, ever since then I haven't done it and I have no real, I don't know, like desire to, I'm just like, no, nah, it's fucking good. I, we had a friend's band that they were, um, kind of starting out here and they were, you know, doing well, they were getting this steam and shit like that but their um guitar player you know i think they he quit he they kicked him out whatever it just wasn't working out like he was a really cool guy and he helped start the band but he was just like not meshing with them because he was like oh straight edge guy they would drink they would kind of do drugs and he was like i you know i'm just not gonna do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think you know as much as you're like oh we can get past that he's like nah i'm just not really that it's like no (laughs) and anyway so he's like they went to you know he was the lead guitar so he like left and like well we, we, we got to get another guitar player but you don't really have to and so they ended up getting another guy who was really like one of these like you know shredder guys who's like play super fast you know like i think of like think of like the metal prog kind of shit where they put yeah. you know and he's like super quick Dream theater kind of yeah and he's playing in yeah. a pop punk band which is cool and he like his rig not that you can always tell somebody by their rig but he played a fractal and he played, uh, you know, like a, I think like an Ernie Ball, like John Petrucci or something like that. So it's like with the, like, okay, that's like a shredder. Like that's like a prog, like bedroom guitar kind of, I don't know, like a prog metal kind of setup. And, yeah. you know, not to be like, oh, he's a fractal. I play fractal, but like, anyway, so I can see that. I'm like, that's not really his style. And he was only in the band for like a little bit. He did one tour and he just bounced because he's like, this is not my style, but I just needed something to kind of get me going and then like the guy I talked to him again he's like oh, I really need to get I'm like you don't need another guitar player you just keep it as a three piece you're a singer uh, the bass player is a singer and that's it and you have drums I'm like that's that's fine and he's like I don't know 
it would be nice to have you know just that filling of sound like you don't need it fuck it who cares and then so like they ended up just keeping on as a three-piece and he's like man this is actually (laughs) and he he's a guy who he'll bring to half stacks to a show oh really (laughs) he literally does and like he's one of the guys that like uh you know those bands that like they they just have to look the part too not that they yeah, he doesn't yeah. not that they don't have chops they have chops but they like we have to look the part because if we don't people are going to notice I'm like really on stage nobody notices I I bring my one by twelve and my the other two guys both had one by twelve like our singer uses a Vox and then our uh, other guitar player had a Trainer one by twelve and uh, we bring that on stage and bring our combo amps up and play and. And uh, other guys bring half stacks with their heads and everything, and the, the crowd doesn't notice. Really, yeah, nobody really cares all that much. I, I think I um, played, you, know, you, you think about the pedal board and the amps, like guitar players will care, but on, on stage, maybe more people will care about the guitar look itself, you know? Yeah. Then maybe also the sound of it was if you saw it sounds like shit. They're gonna be like, "No, this is not good." I don't know why I don't like this band, but there's something about it. Um, I I played uh my white Jazzmaster as a white pick guard, and it's a cool guitar. I like. I mean, Jazzmasters they're they're great. They're cool looking guitars. And then yeah, I right. also had a white coily cable, and and I had like I think a white um Ernie Ball strap. And a coworker of mine, he w- he came up to me like, "Dude." That white guitar with a white cable and you have a white strap, that is so money. Like, <laughs> dude, you can see that. That is so cool. And Kyle's all like, really? He just matched everything. The same, like, you're not going to say anything about like the way we played, the songs or anything. He just comes up to me. That's money, dude. That is so cool. Where'd you get that cable? I'm like, they saw my guitar center. That's so cool, <laughs> dude. Keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he said. I think that's part of it. If you have, if you, if you look like shit, then people think you sound like shit. I find so. Mm-hmm. But I think that the amps aren't the ones that are going to sell it. If your drums are like no. cool looking, like sparkly, that was always something yeah. that like um, uh, I had a girlfriend and she would see. It's like, oh, I like that one. That's like it's red it's sparkle. That's cool. That was it. Where it's like, oh, that one's wood colored. Boring. <laughs> yeah, the presence of the drums is important. And so you'd be at a <laughs> yeah. bar, and if your drums look cool and they're shiny, and people are like, oh. Damn, this drummer's good. It, it doesn't, like things, it right? doesn't even matter. <laughs> and if like you have like a you know like a crazy colored guitar or something like that, or if you have like a cool shirt, then people are like, damn, that's a good guitar player. He's got a nice <laughs> shirt. A nice shirt. <laughs> where's Shiny like guitar? Yeah, where's your pedal board and amp? Nobody cares about that. Yeah. Um, I really think of like yeah, just like I think we said it uh like an episode with Alex. It's like if you bring lights, that's gonna be more impressive than your amp. Yeah, when you're talking to Infinite Signal, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I enjoy that one. They uh, that's some insight that, on this. They w- yeah. they went way into it. They just definitely leaned into it, and that's cool. Yeah, they were they got it down pat. So when we start gigging, gigging again, um, hopefully we can reschedule the one show we had with them because that one got canceled. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like looking forward to see how they set it up and what it looks like and shit like that because they do everything. They do the lights in the front, the lights in the back, and shit like that all time to the songs. I'm like, that's more impressive. Then say like, oh, that dude has like, I don't know, a seventies Marshall because nobody's gonna care. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the lights add a, a lot. I went to a show there, a, a Canadian band from Vancouver, uh, Mariana's Trench. They started off more punk and then kind of progressed to be poppier stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and their their singer is their main songwriter he wrote um or he helped rearrange call me maybe to make it a hit so he oh. uh, he has some influence in the music but but his original original band was kind of a punk and then it turned to pop punk and then it's more poppy but we went to them one of the last shows we saw before everything got shut down mm-hmm. and for the first half of the show the audio just wasn't good and the lights were spot on and then for the second probably a couple songs after that the uh, audio was bang on and the lights were crap and that ruined the show a bit like just really? you don't think about the light <laughs> you see it oh the lights were off it yeah. just you notice the lights were off and it just wasn't working oh something was just up with their system yeah, I guess. yeah something was weird and then after the there's the last few songs it was everything just worked everything was I was like, they ironed out all the kinks and uh, whatever was going on with the sound guy and the light guy, it just, it all worked out good. And then we were leaving. We saw a guy rolling cables up and he looked kind of pissed off. And then we saw this young guy sitting there and he looked really sad and scared. So I think he was the, uh, he was the fuck up. Yeah. yeah I think he was the fuck up, <laughs> but I never think about lights when you see lights. Like I saw guns and roses live. I've seen kiss like the guys that put on the spectacle and, uh, the lights are part of it and you don't really notice the difference until you see bad lights and they're like, yeah, that makes a difference. <laughs> if it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. So. I think, um, saw a show with, uh, the gaslight anthem, hot water music and rise against. It was at, like an arena in just like kind of LA ish area. I went with a buddy and we had like kind of nosebleeds cause it was like, we decided to go like last minute, but it was still fun to see like an arena type show. And then um, they had uh, Hot Water Music is you know killer band, but when they came out, they didn't really do much of anything as far as like lights go or crazy sound. They didn't even have like a banner. I think they just yeah. played, which I mean, big amps, but they had like half stacks and then the eight ten bass rig, and then they played and then they rolled their shit off, and they were the opener by the way. Which I'm like, you would think Hot Water Music would be, you know like uh you know higher up but you know they were not as popular as like rise against or gaslight or whatever and then gaslight came out they kind of had like a little bit you know um same thing they kind of just had maybe a banner and then when rise against came on they had like these fucking else like these like you know know, projectors and tvs and shit like that and like all the like screens playing and movies behind them lights just like almost the whole fucking time like wow I don't know if that did it for me, <laughs> you know, or done with so that that might be another thing of like doing it too much, you know? Yeah. That's what, when, when you talk to Alex, it was kind of, they, they match it up to the song. So it's, I, I'm kind of interested in seeing what they do actually myself and seeing how it all falls together. Cause it sounds like they have it down. Yeah. I think, right. um, yeah, no, I think we did talk about it once with Alex at copper sound, but again, with infinite signal, they do it. They're doing it on a level that's like attainable. And, um, you know, I mean, it, uh, it was, uh, Eli actually is the, um, okay. and, uh, Kelly and they, you know, I, you know, not to just recap the episode, but it was like, it's cool that just they, you're able, I like the DIY thing, you know, that they're like on your own being able to do it and they figured it out and they're like, oh, this works for us and it's attainable. So I like that whole aspect of it. Then you're not relying on someone else to do it as well. That way they kind of just mm-hmm. have it timed out and. It just goes. Yeah. It's just kind of your, your own, your, your, you are your own thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. So we're going hard left here. I got another question for you. 
<laughs> there's, there's no no way to transition. I'm, this is how it goes. This, this is a bonus episode. Come on. What do you, what do you expect? Never. What do you expect? We're riffing here, baby. So, uh, you know, amps that have multiple channels. I know, uh, you know, a popular thing now is to have like just the one channel amp or whatever. I have my AD15 and that's great. Just a one channel. Either you pick, you know, a higher gain or a little lower gain. That's it. And um, they both kind of sound similar. But uh, a lot of amps that have two channels. Are you a guy who switches a lot? Like, I don't, I'll preface it that I just, I don't, I never do. When I was younger, that was really the only option I had. I don't know if it was, we didn't know what else was out there, right? So we used our amps for clean and dirty. Mm-hmm. But now, definitely not. I, I set a really, try to get as much headroom clean as I can with my amp. Yeah. And then everything goes after that. It just. It's all just pedals. Yeah. And well, with my amp, with the, I'm using the Katana on stage now and it's, I have a couple songs programmed in, but it's still a clean sound mm-hmm. just to get the different effects. And it's the ones where I'm kind of doing the ambient stuff in the background. Yeah. I program that into the app, but it's, there's no switching within the song. And I had to, I made sure that all my audio levels were the same for the different channels I use. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as far as dirt and stuff, I'm just going pedals. I'm not switching on the amp. It just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like yeah. back in the day. That's, you know, like you, like you said, uh, that's what people would use. The, the popular amps were uh, dual rectifier, triple, whatever, or yeah. um, with pop punk in San Diego, at least that was all you would see is either a dual rec or JCM 2000. That was it. Those were the yeah. two amps you'd see, maybe a 900, but those, and then people would just do the switching back and forth. Okay. Or, you know, maybe you'd see like a carbon or something like that. But they really, the idea is like the two channel amp because you could switch, like, oh, I got my clean sound because I need to have like the clean intro chords, right? And then the full band comes in, hit on the distortion and play the same, yeah. same thing, but distorted. That's going to be really different. Yeah. We all did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like, uh, you have to have that difference. I'm like, really? No, it's, I, I don't know. I think I learned earlier on that. I'm like, I just fucking hate doing that. I'm just, I got to a point where I never actually ever changed my channel on my amp. I had, um, my dual rectifier, two channels, but one channel was, um, the clean channel or whatever. I had it just all, everything turned down. So it was a mute. So I could tune yeah. Cause I had to have a wireless with a rack tuner. <laughs> And so that was the only way I could silently tune. I find what I started doing recently is uh, using my knobs on my guitar to change my tone, which I never did. Yeah. I was just like, everything goes to 10 and I, I'll turn my uh, neck pick up down to zero so I can silence my guitar. And that's what I did. Um, but I found lately I'm incorporating it more and more mm-hmm. playing live. I kind of got the feel for it more. So instead of switching clean to dirty, I'll, switch to my neck pickup and roll it back to get yeah. a cleaner sound. And I, had I know a, it's what yeah. do that. They've been made that way for 70 years, but I wasn't doing it myself. Right? Yeah. I so. mean, I, we have, we had a buddies growing up that would do that a lot. And they're like, oh, I have a really low output in the neck and I have it even rolled back. So I can just flip to the neck for my clean stuff and then just roll to the bridge, switch to the bridge for the distortion. He's like, I hate channel switching on my amp. Cause it just really never sounds good. One thing I, it's because, I remember always at the bands at like the 
you know, the teen centers or the all ages clubs that like, he, you know, the sound guy would be like, turn down, turn down, turn down, turn down. So they would turn it and it's like, okay, that's good level. Let's get you through the monitors or whatever. But they would never actually, because a lot of those amps had independent volume for each channel. Yeah. Yeah. So they would, you know, or, you know, uh, I know dual rectifiers had a master one that you could, you know, set all of them and then just turn that up and down. But I think the, the you know, like I said, the JCM 2000s were the most popular ones. So you'd see that and the people would just turn it, the one, and then they would not change the clean. So like in their practice space, how loud it is. And then when you get like the sound guy telling them to like turn it to like a whisper, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. they would then forget. And then they'd go to the clean, which is like now just like super loud and just like blink, 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 blink. You couldn't even hear the distortion anymore. Or, 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 you know, you could hear it, but then it would just over, it was like, I always remember that. I'm like a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, that's why I don't do that. And then well, I, yeah. I did. I did get to a point where I wasn't even rolling down the volume. I just had one sound the whole time, which is like at the time I'm like, eh, I like the simplicity of it, you know, just like having one sound, never changing oh, yeah. it. It's a lot easier. Yeah, and you can <laughs> so, think, you know, it's like more punk. Who cares? Do do do. I don't need to change. Well, I mean, I I, I changed my tune real quick. And now that yeah. I'm like we got tuner or not tuner, like that. I, I didn't even have a tuner pedal. I had the rack thing, but I was like. I had no pedals, nothing on there, and now I have a fractal, and I'm like, mm, well, if I punch in the coordinates and change the, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, like, doing everything on a computer. I'm, like, fucking my rig back when I was, like, you know, 18 to, like, now, completely different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then... And I think it's hard now, the volume changes, and when you go from, like, I play down in my basement, mm-hmm. or if I get into our gig space and then you get to a show your clean sound sounds a lot different so you have to kind of play with it when you get there so if you're using your amp to switch back and forth it just doesn't work like you're just not going to be able to match your two channels i don't think in a live setting exactly quick yeah. enough, quick enough to mm-hmm. sound good like you'd have to like tune both sounds mm-hmm. and you don't have time for that <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, you know, like it's like a 10 minute changeover, 10 minutes to get the other band off the stage and also get your band on the stage. <laughs> and the sound guy's just going to turn me down anyway. So yeah, he's just, he's not even going to, going to give a shit. So he's just like, yeah. or give you time to whatever. So that's kind of my, my approach is like, uh, I had the rock of verb, uh, that I was gigging with a lot and I never changed the, to the clean. We had one show that we did like a cover of, uh, starting line best of me and um our drummer was really he's like oh you got to do you got to play the, the part clean you got to have a clean channel switch to the clean channel i'm like and so i did and i hated it but he's like that sounds a lot better i'm like ah, whatever i guess it does sound a little bit better for the song because they did acoustically or acoustic intro to the full song and then outro with the clean okay. i was like i guess it's more authentic to it because all i do is just roll volume back and that's my clean. It's always a, a dirty clean. We do a Say It Ain't So by Weezer, and I take the lead on that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, the intro, and that's clean, clean, clean with a strat. Yeah. And I'm playing with my Les Paul, so I, it, it's not as clean chimey, but I go to my neck pickup, roll it back, kick off my uh, distortion or overdrive or whatever. I, I run my soul food. As yeah. Kind of have that pretty well always on. So I just leave that on, and I roll back my volume a little bit, and it sounds clean. And it's, but I'm never going to get that chimey Fender sound out of my Les Paul. So 
yeah. I don't aim for it much. And then it gives us our own sound too, right? Yeah, so. totally. You're kind of, because you're like, uh, when am I going to bring out a Strat for the one song? Fuck. Yeah, exactly. If you're a Weezer cover band, then yeah, it might make a little bit more sense to be like, oh, let's get as close to the albums and shit as we can. Um, but yeah, if you're just, doing it on your own. Actually, I'll see more. Duncan has a new pickup came out last week. Really? And it has a, it's a humbucker, but it's half rail, half post. I have like humbucker. Both. Yeah. And then you can, you can have a, there's three options. So you can have a regular humbucker sound, a P90 or a, uh, or a single coil uh, or like a tele sound, like four options, I guess. Oh, is, is that so, the, the same as the P rails or? No, it came out. I got an email on the P rails one. Then this one came out a couple days later. Okay. See if I can find it. But I can't remember the name of it at all. So see, and then that gets to, to me like too much. It sounds like a lot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what, what's, I mean, turn a phrase. It's just like a Jack, of all trades but a master at none yeah Yeah, just like i don't know i kind of am the the, just let the guitar do one thing although i don't know i i as much as i love my guitars they're all great they're i think i get more of my tone from just i was gonna say pedals but just my fractal that's like so lame because i before i would say I i would get most of my tone from my amp you know yeah so like for you, do you think like, oh, pickup switching, if I had more options and shit like that, would you use them? I don't know if I would. It is a PRL, sorry, by the way. I mm-hmm. just looked it up. Um, but yeah, I. if you had to ask me six months ago, I'd say everything comes from my pedals. Yeah. Um, now, as I start playing live more, I rely on my guitar a little more to get the different tones. Uh my amp is honestly, I just set it in one spot and leave it alone. It's kind of um, just like be loud enough for me to hear. <laughs> yeah. And then even once I get my pedal set up, there's no real changing. You don't change on the fly. So I, I'm finding more and more that the guitar to me is actually, I'm able to manipulate that. Okay. Yeah. So that, totally. Yeah. Which I, I never, it sounds kind of dumb, but I never looked at the guitar that way. Like there's four knobs on it and just, yeah, leave them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crank them all, all the way. So, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, but, uh, I mean, you're mainly playing your Les Paul. So, I mean, there's a yeah. lot of sounds in just the two humbuckers. Yeah. There's a lot of sounds you can get out of it and different. Yeah. And you're so he, versatile more than I used to think it would be. I was like, it's just, you just play slash riffs and go yeah <laughs> right so yeah. I mean, do, you, do you uh like feel like you could benefit a lot more if it was um i mean if you did like split coils or coil taps or the fuck that is well, I, I considered that um and i was gonna talk to sean at gun street about that getting a, mm-hmm. a harness with everything and then once i was playing more out outside the house i was like i don't even know if i would even do that once i was in a live setting, right? I think for home, if I was recording, it'd be great to have a guitar set up to do as many tones as I could. Mm-hmm. But once I get live, I, I think I would lose track. Like I have a hard enough time not hitting my uh, rhythm treble toggle while I'm playing on stage, <laughs> let alone pulling knobs out and stuff. I'd, I'd just end up fucking up my tone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just knock it. And I'm like, why is it so bassy? I'm like, God damn it. I'm on the neck pickup. I already got to remember to turn off my tuner. So I've done that a few times. Now the song starts, <laughs> and you're like, dude, we're killing it. And you're like, oh, my guitar's not on. 
Yeah, it's, it's, the band sounds so much better right now. <laughs> like I got no signal. Yeah. yeah, you're like, man, it must be my my, my new pe- uh, plumes pedal. Oh fuck, I'm not on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the pedals. But yeah, I do more coming out, but mm-hmm. the pedals play a big part in what you're getting out of that guitar too. Yeah, I, 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 you know, painted myself in a corner where I can't really do anything as far as pickups. I can turn the volume, roll it up or down. And I don't even do that. I, you, you took the tone knob out, didn't you? you the tone knob, yeah. I'd never use it. Yeah. Um, ever. <laughs> and that's just something I just started reusing, like very recently started using my tone knobs a little more. I always cut my neck pickup down a little bit. Yeah. To get more of a definition between the two. But I, I actually just recently started kind of manipulating it when I get on stage to. Mm-hmm. Even, kinda, yeah, even on my. My basses, it's they're just volumes, no, no tone at all on on either of them. <laughs> Less hassle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I I mean, bass is a little different. I mean, I don't know if you were like a studio bass player. It's some I'm just playing punk rock, so that could just be like always on with the pick. Here we go. I don't even change any. And Kyle, he doesn't change anything. We use pretty much the same rig. If I play in just in case, and he does playing, and we we just leave everything on and let's go. And make sure it's in tune. That's the most important part. That's it. Good in tune is kind of important. <laughs> you and, notice that pretty quick. Once you yeah. Get up there, so. I think of like um, the, I guess the most versatile guitar that I have as far as pickup options and stuff like that is my, is my Jazzmaster. Um, it does have the Gun Street harness in it to where I'm not, I got rid of that jazz circuit and um, you can then put the pickups out of phase and stuff like that or in phase. I, uh, it does stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's more <laughs> more usable as far as tones but even live um i don't i really kind of just kept it always on the bridge i never ever even just when i'm playing at home i never fuck with the tone i just have that always blaring i feel like that's probably i want to say like oh that's something you should get into brian but i've never found a use for it like just yeah i never it. did either right the last what, 25 years since I started playing, I never really touched my tone knobs at all. Yeah. And, you know, you see the, the guitarists up there that are rolling tone back, rolling volume back, switching this and doing that. Like, how do you hear that? Do you hear that on stage? I don't, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, obviously they would have better sound than we would at a bar or something like that. But I'm like, yeah. does anybody, whatever. And then it's also like, I'm bitching about it, but I'm like, yeah, no, they're playing and it's their life. They can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going home he's playing this tone knob too much <laughs> I'm done with this um, what's the deal with this tone knob you know I never use it and even when I try I'm like let me mess with it I'm like this fucking sucks why why <laughs> give me the option <laughs> I think if I'm chasing like a certain song or a certain cover I'll think about it a little more but it's yeah something I do when I get somewhere yeah kind of just get in with the band we're doing like a our sound check, and then after that, it's, there's not a whole lot of tone knob. I, 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 yeah, I would say, I would say it's probably because we play punk rock. That that could be it. That's probably <laughs> pro- probably why we're both like agreeing. Like it's just an echo chamber. Yeah, we're right. You're right. You don't need to do that. Why? Let's just play. Ba ba ba. Back and forth, and people are listening. Like you fucking idiot, Joe. You know, <laughs> if you played slower, and um. I to me I just don't have the patience for it yet. I'm trying to get there like playing slow songs. I never yeah. do. But you have so much more room to hear those things. To actually hear of like, you know, your um 
I don't know, vibratos and bends and stuff like that. And it gives you a time to do it. It's like, imagine, I mean, fuck playing at like, to me, 140 is slow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's moderate yeah, but we, speed we, for a lot of people. We play the one so song, the Pixie songs slower. Mm-hmm. And then like we do rock in the free world. That yeah. gets people going. It's amazing how people love that song. Um, and that's probably the next slowest song we play, which isn't really a slow, slow song, but it's a, yeah, just a, jam really the whole song you, uh, i play the chords different every time it's just fun to <laughs> get it yeah. wrong <laughs> um what we're we talking about yeah i mean oh playing yeah slow songs i think that would definitely give you a lot more room to breathe and feel i don't know the songs a little differently to be like yeah. oh yeah the pickup configuration is really gonna matter for this and whatever so and i found the cleaner you get it makes uh, if you're playing straight clean it makes a huge difference the tone knob does but if you're playing with any dirt, it kind of gets eaten up in that sound anyway. Mm-hmm. So. And even that bluesier clean or dirty clean or whatever, still you can hear all the dynamics. So yeah, it, there is justification in it. I just, it's not what I would use for my music. And I still haven't found that yet that I would be like, Oh yeah, let me roll this back. Or even just like, even when I'm recording, if I want like a little bit less bite, I'm like, let me just turn my fucking treble down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always at like guitars full on. I'll change everything else instead of the guitar. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I love my guitars, but I'm like, I, they're not really tone machines. You know, they do like the job. They sound good and they look cool. I here we go. Yeah, I, I do find most of my my sound that changes every two weeks is coming from my pedals and my order, and mm-hmm. I, I nail it down like, okay, this is the perfect tone. This is my tone, and then two weeks later, you're like that sounds like shit. You change <laughs> you it change again. It what I mean, what what are you changing mostly? Is it uh, your your drive pedals, your kind of gain stage, or what? Yeah, I I was playing with the order of my drives. Yeah, but then I I kind of got that settled. I always put my fuzz at the beginning now, and mm-hmm. then soul food's always in there, and that's in the middle. And then my tube screen or my distortion or whatever I'm using at mm-hmm. that time, I put at the end, and I kind of found that was my best way to use it i find if you put the fuzz after everything i start getting it starts getting uncontrollable after a little bit yeah because you're not really getting and also like i think i mean uh, most i guess modern day fuzz kind of solve that most fuzz you kind of want at the beginning no buffers nothing in it and i think the soul food has a buffer in it so you don't want that it does it's a switchable though you can you can turn the buffer off you can put it to true bypass in the soul food yeah but Um, yeah the soul food is great yeah that's a hell of a combo the soul food with the plumes boom yeah, you got it. It, it. It does sound good. Now I didn't get out with the band yet with it, but it uh, it sounds good in my basement anyway. <laughs> that's like mids on mids on mids. That's my that's my sound. <laughs> yeah, it just it just you know you run like a, a DS one or something. You get that distortion sound, but it doesn't have a whole lot of texture to it. I find, mm-hmm. and what I find now, I just feel like it, it's more of a full a full sound stacking them like that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally big on stacking pedals or. Are you like a guy who's like, oh, if you want a dirty sound, just get like a heavier pedal? Or do you like... I, I, I like stacking. I, I find... I feel with stacking, you're kind of carving more of your own personality into it. Mm-hmm. Where you get a pedal, you can get these sounds out of that pedal, but this pedal plus this pedal, you're kind of creating your own thing. You're your chef in the kitchen, kind of mixing your spices yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're kind of, you know, uh, master, you know, your own... 
domain there. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be out before we get the check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's um, the contest. I cheated. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i know i i like that it, and when i i don't know just stacking pedals in, into each other and you know you can really like you said it it actually just gives you more of like a like the idea of a channel switching thing you can like keep stacking more things on there to get like oh i have a volume boost at the end to make it louder for whatever and then just stacking your gain or whatever yeah, i'm on. totally about that that's why i was like people was like oh yeah if you want a heavy just get a fucking distortion pedal. But yeah, but then you have no dynamic after that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like in mid song, you were like, Oh cool. I want kind of a dirty sound and then get the, you know, soaring leads. I'm like, cool. I have to click, click. Here we go. Yeah. So you ain't going to do that. Just the way I have it set gets me right at the edge of breakup sound. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And then, whatever I put after that is what I feel like playing after that, that week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I guess in your band, you're probably not using it a lot, but are you like a big delay modulation guy? I enjoy playing with it. I haven't found anything I really fell in love with yet. I'm using the, uh, BBE two timer right now. Mm-hmm. It's a analog delay. It has two delay settings on it and that's enough for what, like I get my little slapback kind of sound just to, use a kind of more of a reverb type of use. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple of songs. I have the second setting for a longer delay and that's when I get more ambient with my tones and stuff. Yeah. For the, so so, I, the solo. Right now, right, but. <laughs> yeah. No, and then, uh, yeah, modulation. I, th- I feel like modulation is always like uh, people really like it or they think it's super cheese ball. Well, yeah. I one, one song I had a lot of modulation. I was using a, uh, octave pedal uh a phaser uh i had what else i had a chorus in there so i had like four or five pedals i used just on one song to get the one tone so i just went into the the boss tune studio on the katana and i just kind of did it all with the pedals that are built in because oh yeah i don't you got fucking shit all in the amp so so anytime i need to get that modulation stuff i just kind of set up a channel within that and use that channel for that song and then switch it back afterwards. And it saves me from leaving the octave pedal on for the next song. Cause yeah. that happened. You have the foot switch that goes with that. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. You, you can use pretty well any foot switch just to do from one channel to the other. Uh-huh. Uh, there's an option for four channels. So you can get the, uh, boss FS seven, I think. And then there's an A and B on it. Okay. So you can switch from bank A to bank B and then channel one to channel two. So you can get the four that way. Yeah. But there is a company, um, Bright Onion, I think it's called in the UK. Yeah. And they make one that you can just have one button for each channel. So I think that's probably my next purchase will be just to, to really get that. unlock the potential of that thing. Yeah. Use the full potential of the amp and then have your, because there's a couple of songs I'd like to add. Like I have a phaser on my board right now and I only use it for one song. So you might I be could able probably to just. Yeah. Yeah. Replace that and kind of carve that tone out for that one song. Mm-hmm. And then as a clean sound, then I still use my pedals for my, to dirty it up a bit. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, I know we always like, that's the bit is talking shit about the Katana, but like they seem like really great amps, especially if you're gigging and practicing with it. That seems perfect. <laughs> the more, the more, yeah. The more, the longer I own it, the more I get out of it. Um, 
So when the other guitar player got the new amp, I was like, well, now I can't hear myself. And the drummer's like, I couldn't hear you that whole practice. I didn't hear a thing. So yeah. at home and I was playing with it and I looked up the, uh, the EQ and just trying to figure out ways to boost my volume out of it uh-huh. without sounding like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that the, uh, the EQ is a passive EQ, not an active EQ. So I was setting it at 12 o'clock, kind of carve out my tone with the EQ there and then leaving it. So my highest setting was my treble was at like seven. Yeah. And then I realized with the passive, I, so I took the treble turn up to 10 and then I put the bass in the mid up accordingly mm-hmm. and unbelievable amount of tone came out of that amp. Like just a lot louder, more volume, more push. So I playing with it. I realized more stuff like that. And the gain knob yeah. where you think gain, you think distortion, but the gain as I play with it, I'm like, it's more of just a input volume. That's all it is. It's at the front of the line and it's your input volume. So it's not really a gain as we think of the term gain, but yeah. it is. So I, it's up to 69 right now. 69%. Oh right yeah. <laughs> I'll show you the picture. Like. Yeah. You, was like, you change all your settings. Like my computer. And I was like, Oh, it's sitting on 69. I'll leave it there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I just made those couple of settings on it. And then next practice, the drummer's like, can you, can you turn it back a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> so you're, yeah, you're, I didn't realize. you're realizing oh, like, Oh yeah. Like I still have uh, ways to go on this to learn it. And yeah. I started thinking like, well, I another amp and i was like i don't need to spend money on another amp right now so i fit not buy another amp so i love that like you have like oh i um you know i, I you know i need to know my gear to do this oh my god not the phil mcknight thing but still it's like his whole mantra of his show is like you know you can always buy more gear and stuff like that but if you just know it and you can get like the more you know about the gear, you can get the sounds you want out of it. People yeah, exactly. like always kind of heal something of like, oh well, I need to throw more money at it and just get something different. No, not really. And I, I was that way a few years ago when I started really getting into pedals. Um, you just felt like you always need to buy something, but lately, I'm until the plumes, I'm like, I need to get that pedal. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, yeah. Uh, how, like I, I guess, how'd you not only land on the katana, but how'd you land on like the gear that you're playing now? Is it just kind of just came across or like whatever you found at the time could afford at the time? But I'm like, what made you actually like gear towards the Katana? The Katana was, I saw it came out and I was curious because I saw the boss logo on the front of a amp, which you didn't really see before that. Knowing that it is, it's Roland as well, but. But you, you just see I, the uh, boss and you're like, kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's different. Um, so when I started playing again because i took a hiatus um for adulting things for a while and then when i got back like for for life yeah i'm like (laughs) so uh when i started playing again i bought a fender fender mustang to because i didn't have anything else any pedals or anything at the time i just had my guitar and that was it so i bought the fender mustang amp Mm -hmm. and it found found it, it was one of their earlier ones i think it was even their first version yeah. I think they're at four or five now, so it's probably getting better. But I had that, and it just sounded tinny and digital, and I didn't really mesh with it. Not so, inspiring, really? Yeah, I, I and I wasn't using it. I didn't want to play. So then I tried the Vox Valvetronics. I forget what it's called now. V, yeah, V20. It was a 20-watt speaker. It was an 8- or 10-inch speaker. 
And that was, it sounded warmer. It sounded more natural sounding, but at the same time, I didn't really feel it. Yeah. They are actually not bad. There's yeah, yeah, it was, it was good, but it didn't really have that. I didn't fall in love with it. So then when the Katana came out, I was like, see what it, what it is. And then it had the 12 inch speaker. You're basically going to roll it's, the dice again. You're like, all right. Yeah. But where it had the bigger speaker and stuff. And I started, so I joined a Facebook group that was boss Katana had like a thousand members. I think they're up to about 15,000 now or something like that. So it's a bigger yeah. community now, but I joined and at the beginning. It was just people like fanboys loving it. Yeah. And so I started watching videos, uh, Andy Ferris, the guitar geek, he did a lot of videos on it initially and mm-hmm. stuff. And then, uh, so I ended up pulling the trigger on that. I, I took my Vox amp and put it on commission at the music, local music store. And then when that sold, I went and bought the boss. And then even then it, it, it was fuller sound. It sounded better and stuff. But then I find the more I play with it, the longer I have it. It There's just, I keep finding new stuff in it. So yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, Oh, that's fun and exciting about your own gear to discover new things. Uh, it's not even mine, but I discovered today about the plumes that it's momentary too. <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't even know what I bought it. I just I stumbled across it. So, and the, I don't know. That's that's always like so much fun uh, talking to Johnny Ray. Um, he's like has this project that he's been like thinking about and talking about for so long with his board, and obviously we're not gigging so. To me, I was keep, I keep pushing them. I'm like, okay, just work on it now. Just start on. It's gonna be a project that you're gonna have to tweak and tune and figure out for. I mean, it's gonna be probably you're gonna be going on for a year finding new things about it. He um and you know bury the lead here. Um, uh, he has an ES8 and a Boss ES8, and he wants to make like a Pedal Train Pro board with like um a bunch of pedals, bunch of switching options, bunch of MIDI. You know stuff on there because he has a he has like um, I think every Maris pedal because <laughs> he like well he likes them they're cool and then he's like well yeah fuck it I might as well just buy it and he, like you, know, you you meet the guys at the you know pedal shows and stuff like that and he's like yeah no I'm just gonna get it yeah this came out I bought it yeah so I bought that and so he, and he has like the capability of doing so many things and like Johnny's the like like he's a sound guy like uh, like not just like you know not like oh he's running the you know soundboard at a show and like he's like the sounds guy. He's will come up with the weird shit. You give him a pedal, he'll figure out the weird glitchy shit with it. He'll like come up with the cool sounds and put them in the song where he needs them. Cause like, that's just yeah. what he likes to do. And I'm like, dude, get this, you know, ES8 going. And because the thing is like, once he gets it together, like you'll be learning it. And, the, and that's the thing. There's so much to um, iron out. And just like, not even just like physically wiring it, but just like the MIDI capability, the switching options, the stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, you're going to uncover so much shit. And then like, that's even like with the boss katana that you're figuring out. Like, oh, I can change yeah. my EQ here and I can do, you know, <laughs> add effects here and change that here. And like maybe an effects loop weird thing. Like it, it has, like it has an effects loop, right? Um, It does. Uh, the, the upgrade from mine does. This one doesn't. The okay. 100 does. Yeah. But I mean, you know, even the, you were saying like the four channels that you can get from the bright onion switch. I'm like, all right, that'll probably open up so many more options for you to do, even just for yeah, your exactly. band. I'm like, I don't know, I love gear like that when you're just discovering it. But it's also something to be said about something that's super simple too. And even this too, like you have your three stages of effects in this one, and you can go and you can change where the preamp sits and where the amp sits within that yeah group. So you can kind of make a digital effects loop type situation. Oh, your, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now I, I don't, use, I don't use a lot of the effects in the amp. I use mostly everything in front of it anyway, 
but that is an option. So if you get the upgrade version, you can get the uh, foot switch and you can open up a huge range of options with that. So Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're missing out by not having the upgraded one or even just like, I don't know, something similar to that, but like, a, I don't know. like a a helix or something like think of like the bigger version of what you have yeah and i I thought about that stuff and then i think about the uh cash value towards the actual audio value for what i'm doing with it and i kind of just stay where i am you put it better place money but i think if i was actually doing more live stuff i'd probably look more at yeah grading no totally if, if this one caught on fire, I'd definitely buy the upgraded version afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you're not <laughs> so. gonna like go like <laughs> like scrolling through Craigslist to find like the 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 same version that you had. Like, well, I really love that one. I'm like, nah, just, I'll get the upgrade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Push came to shove. I'll do that. <laughs> one more dumb one that I threw to you, and this is like, I don't know. This we're gonna do like it might break your neck here on how how quick this turn is here. <laughs> okay, have you ever had tapioca pudding? I've had it once. Well, I don't even know what the fuck that is. I think uh, my dad, my dad eats it. He, like that's his pudding. What is it? it what's the shit in it? It's tapioca. It's <laughs> now, 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 now that I, I, I assumed. Okay, now I, 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 I was gonna. Something, uh-huh. something Brazilian, South American. Anyway, it's a root of some plant. It's called tapioca, and it, it tastes like. I don't know. To me, it seems like someone took rice, dry rice, and threw it in vanilla pudding and called it something special. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I remember as a kid always seeing it and I would would see kids eating it like, what the fuck are they eating? I don't even know what's the thing. I I, I don't know. And it was so common that I would see it. I'm like, I never ever in my 32 years on this planet have tried it. (laughs) And I'm like, because I was a kid, I was kind of freaked out by it. Like that kind of looks like, I don't like that. It doesn't look at all. No, no, it looks like I don't know. Like it might be gross, but as a kid, I thought it was like there's like eggs, <laughs> <laughs> like little <laughs> eggs that are in there. I'm like, I guess people eat that. I mean, you eat eggs for breakfast. What is that? And then like you know, as like socially awkward as I was, even as like you know a seven eight year old, I was like, don't ask them anything. Just stare at them. <laughs> And make up your own assumptions, and then go, <laughs> and then go talk about your, you know, Super Mario with your friends. Like that's your whole fucking life. Who cares? Street sharks, baby. <laughs> There's that weird, weird, weird kid eating that fucking egg pudding. Yeah, hatching your stomach. Yeah, he's fucking gonna. Yeah, like a bird's gonna come out, or like spiders are gonna come out of his stomach, and like <laughs> so, like just the dumb shit I thought as a kid. And then I never came back to it, even as an adult, because I kind of was like, oh, I should try tapioca pudding. Why? Because pudding is kind of bullshit, right? I don't mind pudding as much. I, I, when I work, I take pudding because if I'm like starving, it's a good sugar boost. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? but, yeah, to me, I'm like, why I, would you even have? I, I never I, eat it at home. Eat it just when I'm working and I'm on the run. And I, get to, I can just kind of open the snack pack and squeeze the whole thing in and go. So <laughs> yeah, just, I get, 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 you know, yogurt, get gogurt. <laughs> be like be the, the, the roller blader kid. <laughs> yeah. The tubes. Yeah. You have your, your blades on. You're just going <laughs> to work. I'm like, that's a grown ass man eating gogurt. <laughs> you grab your, your ankles as you go for a jump. Like, whoa, <laughs> I get some gogurt. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like uh, pudding. I don't think as an adult, I don't even know the last time I had it because I'm just like, why? This is now yeah, this is me. Now it's like clash, yeah. clash. You know, the Titans here. To me, I'm like pudding, garbage. If pudding in a granola bar, if you don't have a spoon, just use a granola bar, eat the pudding up. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's everything for you. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely one for like the quick, like shitty meals. Yeah. And I'm like, they don't always do you good. I'm like, oh, beef jerky and grab one of those protein cookies or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this yeah. should be good. Like, oh God. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Didn't hit me. And Oh, and an energy drink. Yeah. That's going to be a good uh, breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never drink energy drink. I started drinking a uh, G Fuel, like it's a powdered energy drink. Yeah, so I started taking that. I started taking that to work for days that I'm really that's what the, drugged down. Kind of gets me through the end of the shift, but that's what they the gamers drink now. <laughs> yeah, that actually I used a gamer's code to get thirty percent off. So. Yeah, it was like uh, yeah. it was it Kyle's boy, Doctor D, Doctor Disrespect. Like he's like yeah. advertises that shit. I mean, he's jacked as fuck. So I'm like, oh, he probably works out too. Yeah, exactly. Another gamer YouTuber that I watch, um, this guy, the completionist. He's a super cool, entertaining, fun channel. I'm like, he's a bigger fella, and he's like, oh, we're gamer, uh, or he's like G Fuel. We're advertising on the channel. I'm like, he's got like uh, like two million subs, so it's like obviously worth it for them. But I'm like, yeah, he, you ain't you you drinking that shit, bro? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just like that, yeah. You don't need to have energy to play games, bro. <laughs> Twenty four hour stream or something. That's yeah, what exactly. it is. Yeah. I gotta fucking get this fucking Super Smash Bros. Jack up for it. Yeah, and then but yeah, no, I uh, yeah, just grab was I'm trying to wean myself off of you know the energy drinks. Cold brew coffee is the way to go. It tastes the best. It it's the best kind of like sustainable buzz. Well, I I, st- I stopped drinking coffee years ago mm. for stomach issues. Um, they're mostly related to stress. So I found once I got rid of the stress, the uh, stomach issues kind of went away, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to start drinking coffee again. I was like, if I don't have to drink coffee, I'm not going to start drinking it again. Drink tea, like yeah. way more than I probably should. But then we just got a Starbucks in town and it's the first Starbucks within like the closest Starbucks before that was an hour and 20 minute drive. <laughs> oh jeez, You're like, Hey, we're taking the whole fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, they opened a Starbucks just between me and work. So I started drinking some, some cold brew, you know, just because yeah. it's right there. Oh, is that, and that's, I the, that's the move. Roll back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get, I get the, I, I don't know. I get the ones just from, you know, uh, grocery store over here. Uh, just like the, I don't know, the pre Like oh, the bottled stuff. Yeah, yeah, the bottled stuff. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. I'm sure people snobs are being, like, oh, well, you don't, we'll get the nitro one. I'm like, okay, fuck off. It's still good. <laughs> it's probably actually better in the bottle. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's good. All right, I we're well over an hour here. We're just rambling. I love this. This is fun. It's just a conversation. So, yeah. um, before we head on out of here, uh, Andrew, where can people find you? Well, you know, what what's cool? Do the, do the plugs, baby. Uh, Andrew's Alcove on uh, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. If you care to use Twitter, uh, I don't do much on there, and no one else does either. Um, and the band is Dinosaur Neil. We're on Instagram as well and Facebook. You can find us there. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this. I know it's kind of like, uh, like I said, I gave you no notice. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, I had a night off. Might as well have some fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, have a beer too and chat or whatever. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I'm going to try and keep these quarantine, you know, bonus episodes. Maybe you, I, I said once a month and it ends up being harder than 
you'd think. <laughs> Defer my own scheduling and then trying to figure somebody else out and then me remembering to do them. But hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.